Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the true story of a New York City boy with big town hopes and small neighborhood dreams of becoming BFFs with the Real Housewives and other Bravo celebrities. Then, one day, that dream actually came true. Let me take you behind the velvet rope. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined from quarantine, I believe, by the one and only Martin Lawrence Biard. How are you? I'm good. How are you? What's going on? I have a beautiful view of your house behind you. <laughs> yes, well, this is this has been my sanctuary, I guess, the last few months for sure. Where are you quarantining? Which house? Um, well, to be honest with you, for the first three months, I was at my house in Palm Springs um, because the weather was beautiful and it just sort of felt, I don't know, it felt kind of safer to be down there. But obviously it's gotten really hot in the desert now. So um, I came back to LA and um, in my house in LA, in, in the hills in West Hollywood. And it's actually been really good to be back um, at home here because... I've been able to go into my office a little bit and and I feel, a, you know, somewhat like reality is coming back. Have you been working? Like, what's going on with your quarantine? Like, have you been working through it? Like, is there I have been, much going on? Yes. I mean, I've been crazy busy the whole time. I almost feel like I've been busier um, during quarantine than I actually was beforehand. I mean, you know, suddenly learning to, to do everything via Zoom and and also learning to do things by myself, as crazy as that sounds. You know, I have 20 assistants normally, so suddenly you're on your own, even though, you know, I still have all my staff, but they're all in their homes. Um, it was a real learning process to start juggling, you know, my own calendar and things. <laughs> I get it. I get it. No, but to your point, I feel like I've been busier during Zoom, too. I mean, during quarantine. Like, I don't even know what day it is. I'm like, how did I ever live my life and go out and have a life before and work? I don't understand. 
yet completely crazy. So anyway, it's been, listen, we're so lucky. We went into this with about 15 clients and we've only lost one, which we may not even have lost. It's just sort of on hold, which is a hotel project, which kind of, you know, all hotels and restaurants have stopped, obviously, because it's, that's one of the industries really hit by the pandemic. But um, everybody, everybody else has kept going. We've had a lot of uh, um, a lot of construction, so construction hasn't stopped as it was deemed an essential business. So a lot of the houses that have been being built for people have continued. And in the last month or so, we've actually even been able to install people. We've been able to get um, both Cindy Crawford and Gwen Stefani's houses installed which has been amazing because I wasn't even sure we'd be able to get to that point. So that's really great. That's great. Now, growing up, like, where are you from originally? I'm, I'm from London. Okay. So, yeah, I'm a British boy originally. I mean, actually, my ancestry is I'm half French and half Italian, but I was born in England and educated in England. And so, um, yeah, I'm a real London boy. I mean, I left England almost 30 years ago now so in my in my when I was like around you know my early early 20s so it's really um it's bizarre because LA really is home because I've been here for so long however I can't forget my roots I'm still a Brit at heart (laughs) I mean I I assumed you were from that area I just didn't know if you were right from in the heart of London or like kind of on the outskirts yeah basically basically yes did you know, like, growing up, like, was it always design or you weren't really sure what you wanted to do when you grew up? Well, I didn't know it was going to be design, but I guess it always was. I mean, my mom told me that even at the age of, like, two or three, that I'd sit and amuse myself for hours with a chalkboard, drawing houses and, like, putting little rooms in and stick furniture and stuff. And apparently I used to take all the dolls furniture out of my sister's doll's house and rearrange it all and create little room vignettes. So there was some kind of decorated gene there from the start, I guess. Nice. And, um, and by the time I was 12, you know, I I'd sort of always convinced my mum and dad to take me out the weekends and we'd go to vintage markets or we'd go and visit sort of old houses that were open to the public. And... Um, by 12, I'd gotten, I, I would use my allowance money and go and buy like bits and pieces. I mean, literally, you know, old cups and saucers and silver spoons and anything that I could afford with the few pounds I was getting. And I created my own little collection that I would go out on a Saturday um, to an antique market called Greenwich Antique Market in South London. And I would sell my wares on a store. So... I started to teach myself what things were, what the period was, what something was worth, how to put two things together and make them look more beautiful together and more appealing to be able to sell them. And so that really, from a very early age, became my my tools of the trade. It became my education into what has now evolved into a design career. And then did you go to school? Like, how did you end up in Los Angeles from Mm. being a good Brit, as you say? (laughs) So, um, so with my ill-gotten gains of the money I was making at these flea markets, 
I decided that by the age of 16, that I wanted to go to drama school. And so my father, who had, had been an opera singer and an actor, kind of didn't really want me to go into that kind of business. He wanted me to do something else. But, but you know, they were amazing. My parents encouraged me with everything, really. But um, So I took my, my ill-gotten gains, all the money that I'd made and stashed away, and I put myself through drama school. And so um, eventually I ended up at the uh, Lee Strasberg um, School of Acting in London in Covent Garden. And I did that for a couple of seasons and started to do a little acting. And I kind of, then I, then I did a bunch of modeling for a while and commercials and things. And so by the time I was 20, I decided, you know what, I'm going to go to LA and I'm going to go to drama school there and I'm going to become a movie star. So, like everybody else thinks they are. Right. So, I, I literally, I upped and I joined the Lee Strasberg um, in LA and did the course there for a while. And then I sort of flailed around, um, you know, going to castings and all that usual stuff. Even worked in a coffee shop for a day or two. And, um, and eventually... I got cast um, in a movie where I played Eartha Kitt's boy toy. Uh, the movie was called I Woke Up Early the Day I Died, which was Edward's last ever script, actually. And, um, and then kind of quite madly from that, I ended up befriending the producer and his then girlfriend. And they came for dinner one night in this little tiny, I mean, it was adorable this little tiny apartment I had in West Hollywood that was actually originally built by Charlie Chaplin as a star dressing room um, on his back lot. And a lot of people don't realize that in, in LA, there's a, there's a, in West Hollywood, there's a giant market called Pavilions. And Pavilions Market was actually built where Charlie Chaplin's old studio used to be. And this little like bungalow, that house that, that I had rented was just behind that. Anyway, so they came to this crazy little house I had and, I decorated it all up from the flea markets. You know, I really didn't have any money. But they loved it. And they were like, oh, my God, this is so cool. We love this vibe. Will you come and decorate our offices? And so um, I decorated their offices literally because I thought, well, number one, it'll be fun. But number two, I'm sure he'll cast me in another movie. And so I didn't know what I was doing. I just sort of went to the Rose Bowl flea market and, and, and just you know, with their little budget or all the kind of things that I thought would be good. And we did, it ended up looking sort of like a set from Casablanca. And um, they loved it. And then the, literally the day I finished it, I got a phone call from a lady called Liz Heller, who it turns out was the executive president of Capitol Records. And she immediately hired me. And then I ended up helping her with her wedding. And at her wedding, she sat me next to Cheryl Teague's who was sort of the, you know, the all-American, the first, the world's first ever supermodel. Yeah. And literally by the end of um, that wedding, she'd hired me to do her house. The wait is over. That's right. Season five of The Kardashians is here. Just when you thought life couldn't get any faster, they're punching it into overdrive. Chris, Courtney, Kim, Chloe, Kendall, and Kylie are back 
and continue to defy expectations in all their endeavors. So get ready to go behind the glitz and glamour of the most iconic family on television. The all-new season of The Kardashians premieres May 23rd, streaming on Hulu. And within nine months, we had six magazine covers around the world, and my career was born. So that, that's my crazy L.A. story. <laughs> that is... Were were you nervous, like, to go from that to, like, Cheryl Teague's house? Like, just this big project, like, having never done it before? Y- yeah, you know, yes, of course. We didn't know what the hell I was doing. Um, but in reality, you know, I've, I've always been adventurous and an adventurer, I guess. And so... Um, you know, as soon as I started that and then kind of realized I didn't quite know what I was doing, I ended up taking an American partner who understood the finances and that kind of stuff um, and worked with him for a few years until I kind of really felt my own feet and was able to really go out at it. But, but yeah, I mean, it literally, it was jumping in the deep end, literally. Um, so, yeah, super fun. Oh, my God, I'm sorry. It's, it's I'm okay. trying to balance my, uh, my, my phone for you and it won't stay put. <laughs> it looks so when you did you ever look back and say oh I miss acting I could have you know or you just like loved it ever since you started doing like shelf because that was your first like big project that was the first big project yeah <laughs> it's funny it literally it just sold last week that house oh, and wow. it hadn't been touched for 25 years I mean it literally looked exactly the same and I posted on my Instagram yesterday images from the house you know just saying to people this was my first ever job and you know I can't believe that 25 or 20 it might be even longer than that years later that suddenly this is on the market looking exactly the same sold instantly and it just was sort of amazing that kind of good design ends up being timeless because it still looks as fresh today as it did when I finished it but and, and it was a complete experiment I didn't know what I was doing um, but you know, it's trial and error. And the most important thing in design, which I always tell students that ask me, you know, questions about how do I get started? What do I do? What should, what, how, what's, what's the best advice? I always say to them, do what I do, which is believe in yourself. If you believe in yourself, if you believe in your taste, if you believe in what you can do, then other people are going to believe in you. And that's the way they hire you. And that's kind of, you know, the way, the way it evolved. And, and so, so your question about do I miss the acting? Well, you know, really and truly when you're, when you're working as a designer, you have to um, sell your projects. You have to talk the client through what their new home is going to be like, what their decorative fantasy is going gonna, is gonna to evolve into. And that is almost like an acting process. It's like doing a, a monologue. You're presenting to them and so there's always a bit of that theatricality in the mix of it which is fun um but of course for me it's ended up that that my career's sort of done a full circle in the fact that that now I've ended up doing so much tv um from you know reality shows to hosting to being guest judges on things that really I, I, I now do so much in the entertainment world you know I even got to play myself on The Young and the Restless 
which was hilarious. So, so I've ended up having this weird kind of acting entertainment career, literally through design rather than the other way around. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an true. extraordinary it's, journey. It really has. It's true. What did you do? Like, with did you make like that one big first purchase? Like after doing Cheryl's house, or like later on? Like, what was like your first big splurge when you were kind of like? I made it, this is gonna be a career. Like, did you go out and like, just blow a lot of money on one thing? Oh God. Or, you know, maybe at that time it was a lot of money for you because you were just- I mean I, I, I mean, I think honestly, the first thing I did properly was get myself a real car. You know, before that I'd been sort of bobbing around. Actually, I had the most hilarious car at one point. It was, I used to call it the Dodger Lay. It was a 1967 Dodge, lime green, and I had always wanted a convertible. So I took it and I had literally the roof cut off of the car. Really? Literally, literally they, they took like a, like a chainsaw and cut the metal roof off the car and then folded the upholstery in. And I created the Dodge Lay, which was my weird, converted, hilarious vintage American cars. Mad. I, lo I, I loved it for a minute. Of course, it wasn't kind of the car that you could show up at uh, celebrity houses as, as a designer in. So, <laughs> and it's LA. Well, so maybe, like, yeah. You need a car, you know. I think the first thing I ever did was get myself a Range Rover, which seemed much more suitable to the task. <laughs> what would you say your design style is? Like, if you had to sum up your style. Wow. I mean... You know, one of the things that I think is is really fun about my office and about what we do is the fact that we don't stick to one style. There are many decorators out there that have kind of one look and they sell that look to their clients. For me, I'm not interested in that. I want to constantly be creative. I want to constantly be challenged. And I want to constantly keep or be kept on my toes which means that never feel comfortable in what you're doing until you, until you achieve the goal that you want. So I think all of us are individuals. We all have our own individual personality. So why would we all want to live in a home that looks the same as our, as our neighbors? So for me, I, I want to constantly evolve. You know, we've done everything from restore a 12th century castle to create a seventies disco interior in Miami to a, English country cottage on the beach in Malibu. I mean, everything. And so to say I, I, I stick to one style or have a style is not really the case. I will say that I do love eclectic interiors. I do believe in, in um, that all beautiful things belong to the same age, meaning that you could have a, a 200 year old cabinet in a room with a with a two-week-old chair and if the two things are beautiful they're going to work beautifully together <laughs> so 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 for me eclectic interiors i think offer the most character and offer the most intrigue and interest in a space so yeah do you have any like design don'ts um, I think that a, I think that a um, a design don't is a, is actually a bad thing. I think that there should never be anything that you don't try in life or in or, or in design anyway, because the things that could sound horrendous 
might end up being something truly magical, you know? So um, I really, really think that there should be no limits and no rules, you know? It's your own home, it's your own taste. If you want to do it, do it. Let, and maybe it's going to turn out to be fabulous. Maybe it'll be hideous, but at least you tried it. <laughs> this is true. Do you find that you, you know, I always feel like when I meet plastic surgeons, I'm like, oh my God, are they judging? Like, do you find like when you go to other people's homes, you know, you just can't help but turn off that part of your brain? Do, or is it, do they go on the defensive of like, I hope you like, you know, just, I'm saying just to eat dinner or like friends or like, are you always kind of just sizing up people's homes or spaces? You know, it's what I do for a living. So it's very hard to walk into somebody's house and ignore the surroundings. Um, I always think you can tell so much from somebody's home. You can tell so much about them. Your home is a window into your soul. And so it's a wonderful thing to be able to take it in and see and look and understand people just by seeing their surroundings. So for me, it's, it's always fun going into people's houses and seeing their homes and stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it's also a learning curve. Um, we, we should learn from each other every day. We should always keep ourselves open to new things and new ways of, of being. And so for me, I find that going into people's homes or even, you know, I love going to open houses. I love doing like a, you know, having a, a, a poke around uh, an open house because you might see an amazing idea that is a great takeaway for you from it. Totally. So yeah. Yeah. I love a good open house. Do you, do you want, do you find yourself like, do you watch TV? Like, are you into any of the, the real estate shows like millions dollar listing LA, New York, selling sunset, all of that I'm, real estate porn? You know, I watch a little bit of those sometimes. Um, I prefer to watch, if I'm going to get inspired, honestly, I prefer to watch something like a really good movie where it has amazing sets. You know, set design is always the most fascinating because it's fantastical. And fantasy is the thing that really feeds your soul at the end of the day. Um, so, I, you know, so many of those shows are kind of so such setups that, that I find it hard to get past the setup to see the visual. So I'd rather sit and watch, you know, a room with a view again, or Downton Abbey, or, or you know, some amazing show that's got, that's got fabulous set decoration that's just gonna inspire you. And, and you know what I watched the other day again was the, was the remake of The Great Gatsby. Um, and the sets in that are unbelievable. Um, you know, Baz Luhrmann, who produced it, his wife yeah. did all of those sets. And I mean, she's just genius. And so that, that's the kind of, you know. It's that time of year again, my favorite time of year. Holiday shopping season is back. And normally that means one thing, drawing a blank on what to buy for the men in my life. But not this year. This year I've got it all figured out and you can too. Head on over to DukeCannon.com. That's right, DukeCannon.com. They have holiday-themed grooming gifts like Frothy the Beer Man gift set or 
the Beard That Stole Christmas gift set. Now, the Frothy the Beer Man gift set and the Beard That Stole Christmas gift set, they're both $20. That's right, $20. And they're really fun. So the Frothy the Beer Man gift set, you get three huge bars of soap. They're 10 ounces each. Two of them are the big ass beer soap and one is the big American bourbon soap. And that's right. They're infused with an adult treat, booze. The beer soaps, you guessed it, are infused with beer and the bourbon soap is infused with bourbon. But they do not smell like alcohol. So if you're worrying, wait, I'm going to shower and smell like alcohol. No, no. They, they're, they're just woodsy. They're like sandalwood, oak barrel is the bourbon smells like oak barrel and they're very masculine scents. And these bars of soap are huge. And they're really fun. Like the way it's packaged is really, really fun. And don't take my word for it. Go to ducanon.com and see for yourself. The beer that stole Christmas gift set is also $20. You get two amazing different smelling beard oils and you get a beard wash. It will, it literally... tamed my beard. My beard has never felt so good. And it will do this for the man in your life as well. And it smells of cedar and they're just a very good masculine scent. So these are just two examples. Head on over to dukecanon.com. And seriously, don't take my word for it. These are packaged so fun. Um, These are just two examples. They're unexpected. They're useful for any guy. And right now, because you're listening to this podcast, enter promo code VELVETROPE and you get 10% off your next order. You also get free shipping with orders over $30. So if you get both of these at $40, you already got your free shipping. So it's free shipping with orders over $30 and enter VELVETROPE. That's Duke Cannon. Enter VELVETROPE and you get 10% off your next order. And if you want to buy them in person, they're available at some of your local targets. Guys, this is perfect, masculine, fun for the man in your life. I use it. I love it. Ducanon.com. Mouth-watering, delicious design I love to see. That makes sense more than the reality TV real estate porn. But speaking of reality TV, let's talk million dollar decorators. So, you know, you're running your business, minding, how did, how did that come about for you? Um, you know, it was, it was interesting because they had already cast my friend, um, Catherine in it. And, um, she said to me, Oh my God, you should, you really need to, to speak to these producers um, they're looking for another cast member and they would love to meet with you and obviously they know your work. And I thought about it, I thought for a minute, do I really want to do a reality show? But I went and met with them and it was intriguing because they wanted to show the industry from the inside rather than it being sort of a, a fake kind of like a housewife situation. They wanted it to be much more about the daily ins and outs of design and it sounded like a show that I would want to watch. So that's kind of how I got involved in it. And um, I mean, it became kind of a phenomenon because the three years that we, that we filmed it, it ended up going to like 200 countries around the world. And, and, and suddenly, you know, you couldn't go anywhere without people recognizing you. So it was kind of a wild thing. Um, reality TV is interesting because you are letting the cameras into your life. It is you know, your everyday world is slightly turned upside down. And certainly 
for me, where I was literally really running a business and really running jobs, you, you know, it was not the easiest thing to have cameras strapped to your leg basically all the time. But, um, but it was, it was a great opportunity. We had a lot of fun. Um, lots of wonderful things came from it. You know, I've ended up with all sorts of amazing um, licenses and fabulous design fans who've all been so amazing along the way. Um, and of course, since then, I've done a bunch more shows. I ended up opening my own production company in England and produced uh, two of my own TV series and have done a lot of other, other TV over the last few years. Um, uh, and actually, just before COVID hit, we were about to start shooting a, new, a brand new show, which is now on hold for a minute because it was sort of travel oriented. Wow. Um, we do have another show in the works right now. So, so yeah, so TV is like really coming back into my, into my um, orbit again. Are those shows going to be here or in the UK or both? Yeah, yeah. No, these, these ones are all American-based. Oh. So, so, yeah, which will be really fun. But you know what I did that was so fun a few months ago? was I was be a judge on RuPaul's Drag Race. How much fun is that, right? I mean, I haven't done it, but it seems like that would just be a dream. Oh, my God. It was one. It was the best couple of days. I mean, I've been friends with Ru for many, many years. I'm actually doing RuPaul's house at the moment. But oh, wow. to go on the show as a judge and, and, and all the queens had to do um, uh, design um, tasks. So they had to create luxury hotel rooms for me to judge and, and, and see. And it was, oh my God, it was just really super fun. I loved it. <laughs> it's such a good show. It is such a good show. Yeah, it's amazing. What is, what is RuPaul's style like as far as a house goes? Um, well, I can't release too much about it yet because because there will be a whole hoopla when we're done. But um, you know, Rue is a fascinating, extraordinary, very special human being, and obviously he's he's you know made his career with his unbelievable art form of drag, which is always quite over the top but very glamorous. But for his own home, we're doing something much more. Um, it's kind of much more restrained in a way. Um, yes, there's a really good quantity of, of glamour going on there, but it's much more about a, a, a beautiful layered interior that, that reflects his, his personality. Um, the home is, it has sort of a Hollywood Regency vibe to it, which is more kind of 1930s, 40s Hollywood glamour. And so it's going to be it's going to be really cool, really beautiful, just enough camp to keep it fun. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm picturing. I'm picturing elegant but camp, and I'm just picturing color. Well, yeah, it's going to be amazing. Really well, you know, amazing. part of Drag Race, like last season, like was in the finale, like RuPaul was at home with like some of the queens. That's what I love. I mean, you don't get a real view, but like I love that people are at home with these Zooms because you get to see a little, you like, I'm like one that's like looking behind them, looking on the side. It's like, you get interesting glimpses into what someone's house is like. I mean, even though oh you don't really. I loved the beginning of COVID. My most fun thing was seeing everybody's homes. Totally. You know, some of which were shockingly bad, might I add. You know, you couldn't believe where some of these celebrities and hosts lived. But then some people were really 
kind of surprising and chic. It's interesting because as the days went on, people realized, oh my God, I've got to move my camera away from this dodgy old bookcase. There's only four books on. Um, so, you know, people started to take a little bit more care of it, uh, which was which was great and fun. Um, but yeah, I love that little, that little, we all do, let's face it. We're all, we're all want to see what's going on behind the scenes with people. So, so yeah, that was, it was fun. Actually, I loved, um, uh, um, oh my God, not Jimmy Kimmel. What was his name? Um, who's the other late night host? Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon's house where he's, where he was filming in like his kid's playroom. And there was always like kids sort of flying through these, holes in the wall where he had these hilarious um slides and things it was great really mad yeah it's so interesting and then like other people's like you said you're just kind of like out of all the places in your house why did you choose this like empty bookshelf or like you're in your kitchen you're just like it's it's interesting to see where people choose yeah and, and, and actually jimmy kimmel who's kind of my neighbor lives just just around the corner from me i always wondered what the entire side of his house was like and so it's kind of fun to see he lives in this sort of almost rustic but modern barn kind of environment so yeah fun That's cool when you were so when when you got hired to do mil, million dollar decorators did you know anyone else besides kathy ireland like do you know jeffrey ireland marks mary mcdonald well yeah so the only person who i didn't i knew nathan really well because nathan had been a, a, a business neighbor of mine we like had our businesses next to each other he had a little shop and I had my big office sort of like right next door to each other um, for a long time. So I knew Nathan and Jeffrey Allen Marks I knew a little bit um, just from, you know, the design world and events and things. The one person I didn't know was Mary. And wildly, she and I have become like best, best friends now. Like we, we've been on vacation together, or, you know, we're coming over for dinner. And she's the maddest, wildest most fun i mean she is hilarious mary she seems it oh my god she's so funny um you know she says what she thinks and there's no holds barred and no she's just great i i really 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 love her it was one of the one of the you know other wonderful things to come out of it was the friendship that, that i've got with mary now do you find like when you're going to like pitch a job like you run into not only just them but like the same group of designers all the time like is it like a really cutthroat business or is it like acting where you realize like if you didn't get the job you just weren't meant for it you know like you see who did get the role you're like I never could have done that or is it just like a competitive like you're running into the same people all the time and everyone you know, the same jobs? interesting enough people call different designers for different reasons so, you know, it's rare that quite often people will call me just because they want to work with me. Um, or they'll call you because they saw, saw a certain job. Like, I, we had lots of people call off, they saw Kylie Jenner's job, for instance, that wanted that kind of look where it was all pops of colour and, and, and sort of vintage meets modern vibe. And so you tend to get a lot of jobs from people seeing other jobs. So it's really a one meeting moment. Um, you don't, yeah, I, I don't know that I go up against many other decorators very often. Um, I'm sure that people interview two or three people, 
but it's always different people for different reasons. So it would be very unusual if I ended up going up against Mary, for instance, because Mary's style is very particular, um, you know, in her in her look, which is gorgeous. But it's like a, it's like a look. It's a look that's different from my look, really. Even though yeah. we've got things that cross over, and we both love a lot of the same stuff, so it would be unusual for somebody to to ask me to do a job that she was going up for at the same time. Even though, funny enough, we have shared a few clients along the way. Funny enough, and the same thing with Catherine. Like Catherine's looks very kind of country and more rustic, and and so and that's not something that I'm known for at all. Um, so I doubt that we'd ever really go up for the same job. Even though, again, we've shared clients as well, but we've shared clients that have different houses, and so we've both done different houses with different looks. But, um, yeah, listen, I don't think it's a cutthroat business. Um, I think, actually, we're lucky in L.A. that the design industry is all fairly friendly with one another. That's you know, I've got a lot of design friends here, and, 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 and there's some camaraderie, which is very nice. That's so, good. Yeah. So speaking of Kylie Jenner, how yeah. is she, I mean, her house turned out great. Like, how is she to work with? You know, it's really interesting. She was 20 years old when I first started with her and, wow. and, and secretly pregnant. Um, it was only me and Chris Jenner that knew for a while out of everybody that she was even pregnant. And so... Um, it was a really interesting thing because when you work with somebody so young and obviously someone with so much money at so at such a young age, you need to be really careful because you want to make sure that their home is playful and young, but sophisticated in a way that it's going to have longevity, you know? And so I was very respectful of Kylie and her money. I wanted to buy beautiful things that really, that really would last. Um, you know, we got her to buy great art. She bought things like Basquiat's and Damien Hirst and, you know, cool things that actually were going to be investments as well as look great in her house. But at the same time, we had like fun. You know, we created sort of dressing rooms made out of lucite and things that were, you know, young and fresh and colourful to match her age. Um, so it was exciting for me because, you know, you when you're working with really young people, you get their energy and their and their uh, passion and their inspiration that also helps inspire you to create something that feels fresh and so it was that that job was amazing because you know it was it was published on the cover of architectural digest and it has become the biggest design story in the history of design magazines it got 1.6 billion um traceable impressions which was one billion more than any design story before in history. And, and the numbers still haven't been surpassed today, so it's kind of an amazing thing. The power of Kylie Jenner. The, the, I mean, the power of the whole Kardashian thing in general. You know, when I had my, my first uh, Kardashian cover, which was a joint cover with uh, Courtney and Khloe Kardashian, that, at the time when that came out, literally the whole... Um, the whole of the Condé Nast website crashed the day the magazine came out because so many people went on to try and see it. So there is that, that family that has the most extraordinary uh, uh, social power. <laughs> they do. Do you ever get like, you know, you've worked with so many people. Do you ever get like 
the like, oh, like Kylie Jenner is a big deal. Like when you're doing the project, like this is gonna, you know, crash the internet or get, cause I could have told you that like Kylie Jenner's numbers are ridiculous. Like, do you yeah. ever get that? Or you're just really in the headspace of like, okay, no, she's you know, pregnant, you know, this is you know, confidential. Honestly, this is a very, very personal business and we have to be very wary and very respectful of people's privacy. You know, I've been lucky that, that almost all of my clients along the way have allowed me to publish and that so many of them have allowed me to, to, to you know, to reveal who I'm working with and that kind of thing along the way, which has been incredible. Um, and of course, I've worked with, I think, more celebrities than almost anybody at this point. So that's also been an unbelievable. Not that I just work with celebrities, but it's been an unbelievable facet of my career. Um, but at the end of the day, everybody is the same. We're all the same people underneath our sparkly outfits or tuxedos or, you know what I mean? Or your gym clothes or whatever. You're the same. We're all the same. We're all humans. And, and so you have to treat people that way and treat them in a, in a natural and personable way. And that's how you end up with a bond. And that's how you end up with beautiful interiors together that are meaningful. So I, I'm, I'm not somebody to get, you know, starstruck. I just understand that this is different clients have different needs and public figures like a Kylie Jenner, you know, have different needs in their home because their homes have to more than anything be their sanctuary because, you know, Kylie Jenner can't run down to the corner shop and buy a pint of milk. No. You know, so their home has to be the, the way, has to service their lifestyle in a way that maybe it doesn't need to service mine or yours um so you know so you, you just work out all the tricks of the trade for each person that makes sense what about share mm. one of my goddesses <laughs> you know the really incredible thing with working with share was was and is that she is passionate about design she loves all things design she, I, I swear she would have been an interior designer if she hadn't been a, a you know, a megastar. And so um, I loved that. I mean, you know, the first ever job I did with her was, was her two floor apartment um, in, in Sierra Towers in West yeah. Hollywood, which is kind of where she, she wanted like a Peter Tear in town when she first started to do her Vegas show. And so, you know, she said to me, I want to live like the first wife of a Maharaja. So when a client tells you that they want to live like an Indian princess, you know, it, it, it's, it's quite a, uh, a task to live up to, but one that is so exciting. Um, you know, and that culminated in, in me going to Jaipur and bringing back the facade of a palace, which we used all of the components to create her unbelievable Indian palatial apartment. So, um, God, that was such fun. She's amazing. Um, I had so many fun times doing that and then working on the Malibu house. And, you know, her homes are more of a, of a set. They're very, very theatrically inspired and they're, they're always very comfortable, but it's all about drama you know, from having 
gold embroidered and woven silk drapery that hangs around the bathtub just allowing the slightest glimpse of a body through it to buddhas that are lit from the floor so that they shimmer at night and they create a halo effect on the wall lots of drama unbelievable decorative moments that become you know not only super special but sexy and ambient and and that's share amazing what about kelly and sharon osborne oh my god well sharon and ozzy i love you know i mean they're they're fellow brits so we've got that sort of hilarious british bond um and you know i've done a couple of homes for that for for sharon ozzy anyway and um again sharon and ozzy love home comforts they love their home. Their home is the heart of the family. You know, all the kids and all the grandkids, and everybody are always, you know, hanging out in there. And so the house has to operate in, in that kind of, you know, way. You know, it's a real family home. But it's also a, a place filled with their character. Um, they love collecting photography. They have an amazing photography collection everywhere that Sharon's curated. Um, they 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 have quite kind of like they have like an English style to be honest, you know, lots of sort of layers and collections and antiques and but it's got that also that slightly gothic edge, which is that rock and roll moment, right? Um, which is really amazing in their screening room actually. Um, it used to be long. The house used to be long. Their current house used to belong to like a famous radio producer, I guess. And he used to host these radio shows in his basement. And all of these amazing stars would come there and record. And so on the walls, there are people there, there are autographs of all the people that used to be down there. And so there's autographs of people like Elvis Presley and Frank Sinatra. And there's all this amazing kind of uh, Hollywood uh, history there. And of course, it's fabulous that that's where Sharon and Ozzy's live, and that's their screening room, and where Ozzy has his little um, recording studio. So yeah, you know, again, it's a very personal space. It's a beautiful home, and it really is a home that is totally them. It's all about them and their character, and, and, you know, it was a privilege to be able to work with them. And since you mentioned them when we just started, which I didn't even know, what about like Gwen Stefani and Cindy Crawford? Um, so Gwen, who I'm working with at the moment, um, which not letting any cats out the bag, it's been all over the press, is uh, utterly divine. I can't tell you how much I love her. Um, I feel like I feel like we were like separated at birth or something. I mean, it's we. It's just she also is passionate about design. She's unbelievably creative you know you just have to look at the way Gwen looks you know even even on like a like on an off day and when you go over and she's just chilled out she's in her gorgeous little you know she'll be in her her cut off denims with her with her fishnets and her sparkled up boots and some cool t-shirt and like crazy hair I mean she's so stylish in her own individual way and I just love it because I feel like I, I feed from that from that creative energy that she has and uh, we've had a lot of fun you know creating a new home for her and her family um and uh 
she, I just love, I honestly, I just love Gwen. I can't tell you how much I love Gwen. She's, she's a brilliant person. And Cindy, I've known Cindy for a long, long time. And, and I helped Cindy a little bit with um, her house in Malibu. And then I helped her with her house um, in LA that just went on the market actually. And then I've just helped her with her house out in the desert. And she and Randy have a really cool, very laid back style. It's very kind of California classic, um, very chic, I, I guess, modern, but in a, in a timeless way, which is how you would describe Cindy. You know, she's a timeless beauty. And that's sort of, she lives that environment. She lives through that, which is so cool. In our celebrities, like, hands-on, you know, because, like, you think, you know, you have this picture of, like, the assistant and the assistant's assistant, but I guess with design, they really want a home a certain way. Like, you really deal, or are you not even with the people we mentioned, are you pushed off to a lot of assistants and assistants of assistants are not like that? You know, design is very personal. It's somebody's home, so, so you can't really deal with an assistant on the design level. Yeah. Of course, I deal with the assistants and my assistants deal with their assistants and stuff when we're dealing with things like, you know, paperwork and orders and delivering, but the design work is done. It's one-on-one. It's really, you know, we meet together. I do the presentations together. Sometimes we shop together. This is a real personal business and and it's the more one-on-one time you get with people, the better results you're able to to uh, design and create. So yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's more it's much more personal than you would think. Have you had any? I mean, you don't have to mention any names, but have you had any experiences where, like, the celebrity you expected them to be like just a huge diva, and they were, and you're just like, this client is a nightmare, or just regular well, clients in general? This, this client is a nightmare. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah. Like, have you had any of those, like, where you're just like, this is, you know, or like, you know, especially celebrities, like, where you just think, like, this person's going to be a nightmare, and then they are. You don't have to mention any names. There's there's always something or someone out there that that ends up being not what you thought they were going to be. But, you know, usually... I, honestly, I've been so lucky with so many of my of my clients that have been amazing. So many of them actually ended up being friends. I mean, we've, you know, because again, like I said, it's a very personal relationship, and that relationship often blooms into a friendship. So, which is wonderful. But I tend to, you know, the interview process is not just somebody interviewing me. I have to interview them too. Because at this stage of the game, I don't want to be involved in a project where I don't have a connection with the client or I don't feel like it's going to work. If I don't feel a connection with them, like personally at the beginning, then I don't want to work with them. I don't want it. I don't, life is too short to go into something that's not going to be fun. You know, you want this to be a fun experience. Obviously, things happen. It's hard. It's, it's, not the easiest business and it's life stuff happens, but in general, you want it to be as fun as it can be. And you want to have a great relationship with your client. And so, you know, there are a few clients that I have fired along the way. And there are a few clients that I have actually decided not to move forward with taking the project because I just didn't feel the connection. 
that's great too that you could be at that point like in your career you know like what that's where you're i think where everyone wants to be yeah i think it's i think i just think it's important that you know sometimes i've taken really small jobs that i normally would never take just because i felt you know there was a, a great bond and so and they've ended up being beautiful projects because of that so yeah have you found, you know, because I've heard stories from other designers, like, where you, do you find, like, where there are a lot of the celebrities where are they're, you know, like, well, what do you mean this isn't free? What do you mean that isn't free? Like, have you had that? Just, like, even anywhere along your career? Like, the celebrity who, like, wants things for free, like, to an extent? Um, you know, obviously, celebrities do get lots of things given to them for free in, in, in life. It's part of the whole game because people want to promote their things and they want to use a famous face to promote it. But, you know, the reality is that happens so much more in fashion and, and, and with product rather than the interiors. It's very rare that someone's going to, you know, come along and give you a sofa. So uh, from the, from the get go, to be honest, I think people realize that this isn't one of those industries where you get freebies. This is an industry where we all work really hard for our money and, you know, the vendors that are out there in general are, are not vendors that are going to or can afford to be giving things away. Right. I mean, in honesty, yes, there are. Here's my dog come to, come to see us, Cheers. come to join us, Daisy. I love it. <laughs> um, so, yes, um, there are some things that, and some people that, that say, oh, you know, is, is there a chance we can get something free or can we get this and what can we get that? And sometimes we do that because it, it might be a fabulous project product that maybe was out of our budget and it's nice to add to the, uh, to the mix. <coughs> but it's never a requisite and it's certainly not something that my clients expect, to be honest. Do you like you know, doing... You, 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 yeah. you know the people that expect that stuff for free are kind of like the minor stars, like the, the C-listers that think they're much more important than they are and they kind of like demand to get things for free. And, uh, and that's not something of interest to me, you know, and nothing is free in this life. You know what they say? No good deed goes unpunished. Nothing is it's, free. In life. You pay for it, it somehow in the end. It's true. <laughs> it is true. What about like, cause you do, you know, you've done commercial, like do you have a strong preference between like residential and commercial? Um, I, I love residential because it, again, it's personal and you get to, you get to design uh, an individual experience for somebody and you get to kind of like, you know, understand their character and that's a wonderful thing. Um, commercial is amazing because commercial, you're allowed to get a little bit more fantastical. You know, I, I design boutique hotels and boutique hotels, unlike corporate chains, are all individual and they all tend to be filled with kind of fabulous character and and fantasy and so you know when you get to, to design for instance like the sands that i did in in indian wells which is out there kind of close to palm springs we turned that into sort of a moroccan oasis and the reality is it was a 1960s condo building that turned into kind of like an old people's home and so the fact we were able to turn that into this unbelievable pink striped moroccan oasis um was fantastic because it was a real sort of trip 
and, and I was able to mix in a bit of that Palm Springs mid-century vibe into it as well. Yeah. And so it's just really fun to do those projects, you know. It's great to do a, a cool restaurant or, or a great boutique hotel because it is, you're creating fantasy. And the difference is that, like, a personal home, a personal home really gets seen by, like, you know, one family and their friends. You know, maybe maybe a hundred people get to see it during the course of a year. Whereas a hotel, a hundred people get to see it a day. So you're really, really, really um, creating for the masses. So it's a whole other ball game. What about your, your own two homes? Like, do you not like designing for yourself or you love being, you know, cause your home, I, I your, your home seems so different and they're both gorgeous. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I have three houses actually, but, and they're all very different. And so I'm super lucky to have those houses, but I love it. I'm able to, to kind of like have slightly different sides of my personality in each one. And you know, my homes are my experiment pads. So it allows me to kind of do some mix and match on myself and see how that works. Um, you know, they're also ever evolving. So, so nothing ever really stays the same for too long. Um, I always say that whatever project I'm doing at that moment, there's something about each one that ends up somehow creeping into my own home in one way or the other. So yeah, it's always evolving, but no, I I love doing my own houses. I have to say it is difficult doing your own house because we do have access to so much and I do love so much and so many different styles and vibes that I tend to feel that I have to let the architecture lead the way because otherwise I could go off on some mad tangent. <laughs> right, you just want it all. I mean, that makes sense to me. Well, I, yeah. I like always said, I think the best thing about having multiple houses is like you just want each of them to be like a different side of your personality. Exactly, exactly. Do you, do you love doing products? Because I know you've done products too, like furniture and lighting and rugs. Like, do you like that aspect of the business? Yeah, so I have 14 product lines everything from tile to silver to porcelain to fabric, uh, outdoor furniture. I mean, the whole, you know, many, many things. And I love it. I mean, I just love producing product, designing product. Um, it's, it, it's a real privilege to be able to do it. It's an amazing honor that, that people want to buy things that I've designed and love and enjoy things that I've designed. Um, I can't tell you, like on Instagram, every day I see people that post and tag things that they've done, like whether they've used fabric of mine or lighting from my, my Corbett line or, or, or uh, furniture from my front gate or, or um, tiles from the Ansacks. They post showing these products, how they've done it and how they've been creative with it. And so it's amazing because I get to see their creativity with something that I've designed and it, and it, I just, it's just the best feeling. It is an unbelievable compliment, but it's also just, it just makes me feel so good in it. And, and, and to be able to have that other outlet for creativity has been wonderful. So, so I'm so thankful to, to all my licensee partners and to all the people that, that buy my products. It's, it's really cool. Yeah, I like didn't realize you're at fourteen. That's amazing. 
Yeah. And three, you, more to, and three more to come. Oh, really? Well, <laughs> did you find it after Million Dollar Decorators? Did you find it, you know, like you already had a very reputable name in the design. You had great clients. Like, did you find that part of the business shocking? Like when you were going out, you said you got recognized everywhere. Like, did you find that like the power of TV? You know, like you were a successful designer up until this point, but now you know, people wanted pictures and you were like, were you just shocked at like the power of being on a TV it show? It was, honestly, the first, after the first time Million Dollar Decorators it, because I've done a bunch of TV things in the past, but, you know, going on and, and sort of, you know, telling people how to decorate a Christmas tree on, 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 you know, some breakfast show is one thing. Suddenly when you're on major TV and all the people that view Bravo, for instance, after the first episode aired, I went down to like a local restaurant where I would go for dinner and suddenly I literally was mobbed with people wanting to take pictures and all the rest of it. I was so shocked. Um, and then I remember like about three episodes had been on and I went to New York City to do, to do some press, like to go on the Today Show or something. And I went for dinner um, in the East Village with one of my friends and literally people were like coming at us from everywhere. It was so crazy. Coming up to the table, coming up to us in the street, taking pictures, saying, oh my God, you're that guy for the show. It, it, I, it, it suddenly made me realize, oh my God, this is what it's like to, for my famous clients. And it's interesting because it's a, it's a whole, you have to really uh, take a minute to soak it in and work out yeah. how you're going to process it. Um, yeah, it's actually, it was so funny. I remember that particular time walking down the street, three or four people had come up and said, could they take pictures and everything? And of course you, of course you do, because it's amazing that anybody, you know, wants to be a fan or likes you. It's a fabulous thing. So you stop and you take the picture. And then somebody else came up and went, excuse me. And I went, oh yes, of course. So, you know, do you have your camera? And the guy looked at me like crazy. And he went to me, uh, do you know where Mylena restaurant is? <laughs> so I thought this, this poor guy was not a person that wanted to take a picture and he only, only wanted was directions. <laughs> That's funny. But, but um, no, it was so, listen, it was, it was an interesting thing to sort of transition for a minute. But like I said, it, it, it's, it's amazing that to even, that people even want to be fans or even like your work or, and so it's a really lucky position to be in. And, and I'm ever thankful to, to everybody for that. That's amazing. And then two more questions and I promise we'll wrap up. What is like, is the design industry going to be permanently like, or not permanently, but like affected by COVID? Like, I mean, I know it's already been affected, but like, how do you see things going? You know, who knows what's going to happen over the next year? I mean, it sounds like you're as busy as ever and like projects are still moving ahead. Yeah, we are super busy, but we're here in LA, for instance, the design center is still closed. So right. So shopping is not easy. And the difference with, with interior design to a lot of other businesses is that we are a touchy-feely business, meaning you have to present stuff to people. People need to feel their fabrics. They need to maybe sit in a chair they, they they want to understand you know what something looks like in a showroom so with that element of it being difficult it, it has added 
some stress to the to the to the job um and you know usually we do these kind of like beautiful presentation boards where people can fill their fabrics and move things around and everything and now obviously it's all having to be done digitally and, and all done you know via zoom or, or that kind of thing um but it'll ease up listen the numbers have started to go down things are slowly opening we'll get back to some sort of normal and I, and I think normal will never be normal again it'll be a new normal right. it'll have evolved into something new and interestingly enough one of the things that we found is that for me you know I'm usually traveling everywhere I mean I've there's now over 20 flights that I've cancelled you know I would have normally been off on, on different trips but we've learned that we can do a bunch of things via zoom and so even as the future evolves some of my travel schedule now will become a lot easier because I've worked out new ways of doing things. Um, the design industry will survive, it is surviving. People more than ever want their homes to be beautiful. And That's so, um, and so home is, is always for me, my sanctuary, but now, ever more our sanctuary and our workspace and our amusement space and it's become everything and even when the pandemic has passed people will appreciate and understand that even more having spent so much time in their homes and i think that people are desperate to redecorate to upgrade to you know fix that crack in the wall or whatever's been driving them crazy so it, we're all good. Our industry's good. It's solid. We're 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 going to keep going, guys. And what is next for you? Like what's and and what else haven't we covered that you want to cover before we leave? I'd like to give um, people a chance. Wow. What's next? What's next for me? Well, like I said, we've got a couple of new TV projects on the go, which will be really fun once we can start filming again, because um, that's exciting and it's really good design TV that's got really good takeaway for for the viewer. So I'm really excited about that. That sounds exciting. Um, I launched three new projects, three new product lines, um, the beginning of next year, which will be amazing. Um, we've got, uh, um, we've got, you know, like I said, I've got 15, 14 projects on the go right now. And so, um, I'm looking forward to being able to shoot the ones that are finished or about to be finished again. So we've got some really great new, new uh, visuals out there for the public and stuff to see. Um, listen, we're just keeping going and we're having fun doing it. And even in our new world situation, I'm still in love with my career and so thankful that I've got it. So, yeah. That's Life's amazing. Good. That's Life's amazing. Good. And where can everyone find you online? Uh, yeah, so, so martinlawrencebullard.com is, is, is the director of my web. And of course, for my daily posts and updates, at Martin Bullard on Instagram, um, which I love. It's one of my favorite little things to do. <laughs> um, I'm going to need to go to your Instagram because now I want to see Cheryl Teague's house. You go, yeah, go ahead and look. Actually, I posted that yesterday. Have a look because there's about five or six pictures of that. I'm going to. Um, I love Instagram, by the way. What an inspiration Instagram has been during COVID for people because we've all got to see so many beautiful imagery. And, and this is the first time in 30, 
five years I haven't been to Europe on vacation. And, I get it. And so, you know, but we've all got to travel through looking at Instagram and seeing, you know, some of those beautiful travel sites and things. So Instagram keeps us all inspired, keeps us happy. To me, it's one of the things that I love doing personally. And I think as an inspiration for design, it's such a great tool. So, so please follow me at Martin Bullard. <laughs> Everyone needs to follow you. And this has been great. I know you're very busy. So I really appreciate you taking the time to chat with it me. My pleasure. Really my pleasure. Yeah. been wonderful. And everyone, Martin Lawrence Biard from designer extraordinaire, but also my audience does know you as well from Million Dollar Decorator. So that is a part of your history, which we will all love forever. So oh, thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate this. My pleasure. So lovely to talk to you and, and have a fantastic rest of your week. You too. And I'm going to check out your Instagram. Thank you so much. Take care. See you soon. Bye. Bye, Bye guys. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review. Because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones. And the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you, guys. See you soon.